الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ان عدده الشهور عند الله 12 شهرا في كتاب الله يوم خلق السماوات والارض يوم خلق السماوات والارض منها اربعه حرم ذلك الدين القيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من وسع على عياده يوم عاشوراء وسع الله عليه السنه كلها او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected ulama ikram brothers and elders we are in the first month of the islamic calendar the month of muharram and every muslim should be keeping himself abreast with the islamic date this is the real link that a muslim has in terms of a calendar the islamic date what is the date in terms of the gregorian calendar that is something out of necessity that you will keep in touch with but our link is primarily to deen and things of deen are what we attach ourselves to so therefore while out of necessity we will know that it is september or it is january or february whatever it is and what the date might be and that is what we might use because that is the system that we are having to use in the country we are in but that does not mean that we should not even know what month of the year it is in terms of the islamic calendar what date of the month it is this is something that we should be always keeping informed about in any case this month of muharram this is the first month of the islamic calendar and we call it the hijra calendar this is linked to the hijra and the migration of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam what is the association of this month with the hijra this happened in the time of sayyidina umar radhiyallahu ta'ala anhu when this need was felt that a formal calendar needs to be adopted and the sahaba ikram were consulted and various views and opinions and suggestions were given that what should be the start date what should be the basis for the commencement of the islamic calendar there were suggestions of the date of the birth of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam the demise of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam the various other major events that took place in the time of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam but what everybody finally agreed upon and the consensus came upon was that the hijra and the migration of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam from makkah mukarramah to madina munawwara which happened 13 years after his being made the rasul of allah tabaraka wa taala so this was mid way in his term of prophethood it wasn't something that happened at the beginning it wasn't something at the time of his birth it wasn't something after his passing on to somewhere mid way and this was chosen as the starting point that that would be the year which would be regarded as the first year of the islamic calendar 
Hence that became the first year known as first year of the Hijrah. And ever since that has been the system followed. Now this is a very important point to understand that from all the various major events that took place in that time, the Hijrah was made the starting point. And this was by the consensus of all the Sahaba Ikram at the time. So what is the message in this? What is the lesson in this? That every day of a person's life, and as we said at the beginning, a Muslim should be conscious of what is the Islamic date. He's going to be looking at, this is the first of Muharram, this is the tenth of Muharram, or whatever other date it might be. But he's understanding that this is the Hijrah calendar. Where he takes his mind to, it takes his mind all the way back to the Hijrah. The migration of Rasulullah sallallahu and the Sahaba Ikram from Makkah Mukarrama to Madinah Munawwara. What was this Hijrah all about? Was this just some kind of joyride? Was this some kind of drive through the park? Was this some kind of tour that they went on? The Hijrah was a situation which was a life and death situation. When Rasulullah migrated, when he left his house, at that time his house was surrounded by people who had gathered there to assassinate him. And it was the special grace of Allah wa ta'ala that Nabi Islam walked right past them and they didn't even know he passed them. The Sahaba Kiram, the Muhajireen who left from Makkah Mukarramah and joined Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they also had to leave as Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had to leave. And as he is leaving Makkah Mukarramah, and he turns around, and he looks at Makkah, and he says, had my people not made me leave, I would not have left. I've been forced to leave my birthplace, forced to leave the Kaaba of Allah Taala, forced to leave this Mubarak land. And with a heavy heart, Nabi Islam finally migrated. The Sahaba, entire life's earnings were in Makkah Mukarramah. Whatever they had earned over their entire time, their properties, their homes, their businesses, they knew that this is something that they are going to be totally now away from. There's no way that they're going to get back to it. This is going to be taken away by others. The kuffar and the disbelievers are going to capture all this once they realize that this person has left. But this was the command of Allah Ta'ala that they now had to migrate from Makkah Mukarramah to Madinah Munawwara for the preservation of Islam. And on that call they left everything behind. They left their homes, they left their businesses, they left their land, they left their orchards, they left everything behind. And many could not take their families along because of the circumstances and the difficulties and the lack of resources, it was compulsory on them personally to continue, leaving their families behind. And all this was done on the command of Allah Ta'ala. And then there were very major challenges on the way, great difficulties, hardships, but they bore all this for Allah Ta'ala. Now this became the starting point of the Islamic calendar. Why? To remind us that this deen came to us with this sacrifice. And deen will remain alive with sacrifice. And deen will flourish with sacrifice. Now this is the hijrah that the sahaba had to make and they were ready for it. 
This was the hijrah that made them leave everything for the sake of Allah Ta'ala and they were ready for it. After the conquest of Makkah Mukarramah, one person came to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he said that I want to make hijrah. But now by that time Makkah was conquered. It was under Muslim rule. Nabi Islam said, La hijrata ba'd al-fatih. Now that the Makkah Mukarramah has been conquered, now that compulsory hijrat is over. There's no compulsory hijrat now because this is also Darul Islam. But in any case, though that hijrah terminated, Rasulullah opened the door of hijrah for every mu'min till qiyamah. So what is our hijrah? And that is a lesson to take every day that we look at the Islamic calendar. Which we should have in our homes. And we should have it boldly there. And in our businesses also. And be conscious of it. That every day that we remind ourselves that this is the hijrah date, we remind ourselves of the hijrah of the Sahaba Kiram, of Rasulullah sallallahu and the Sahaba Kiram. And then we reflect upon our own selves that what hijrah have we made in the light of the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam وَالْمُحَاجِرُ مَنْ هَجَرَ مَا نَهَ اللَّهُ That a true muhajir is the person who forsakes that which Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. The sahaba kiram were required at that time to forsake their land, forsake their homes, forsake their businesses, forsake everything in terms of material possessions and migrate towards Allah Ta'ala. فَفِرُّوا إِلَى اللَّهُ now, every day of our life we are also faced with, though in a very, very minute level compared to the Sahaba Ikram. In fact, we cannot even compare ourselves at any, call, any point. But we have our own kind of hijrah to make. For example, hijrah means to leave. They left Makkah Mukarramah and came to Madinah Munawwara. We have to leave our beds at the time of Fajr. That's our hijrah. The Sahaba left their birthplace, left their land, left their homes, left their businesses, left everything. And left empty-handed for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. Going to a foreign place, far away. At that time, they didn't know what would be the outcome there. Our hijrah is at the time of Fajr already. That hijrah, that leaving, leaving our beds, leaving our homes to come, not forever. Just to come for a short while to the masjid to perform our Fajr Salah. That's our hijrah. Our hijrah is at the time of Zohar. To make hijrah out of that shop, out of that business, out of that job. And answer the call of the Muslim. Our hijrah is in that business. That when there is that temptation to undertake some deal or get into some deal which has the elements of haram in it. So to leave, hijrah to leave. وَالْمُحَاجِرُ مَنْ هَجَرَ مَا نَهَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ Nabi Islam says the true muhajir is the one who has left out what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. At that time to leave out that haram deal. That the person is now in his own space and time and his own privacy and at that time the temptation is to look at haram. Or he's walking down the street and the temptation is to look at haram and cast lustful glances around. And at that time in the fulfillment of the command of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, Say to the believing men to lower their gazes, not to look at anything haram. And to protect their chastity, he forsakes that temptation. 
he leaves away that haram. He doesn't get involved in that sin. That is his hijrah. At that moment, he is a muhajir. At that moment, he has linked himself up to these great muhajirin. We can't compare ourselves with in any way. But an outer resemblance has come. They left everything for Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. He also left his haram temptations at least for Allah Ta'ala. So this is the first most important point for us to understand in this Islamic calendar. And this is something that we should be conscious about daily. We should have this Islamic date very boldly in our homes and changing it every day what is the date and reminding ourselves of the Hijrah calendar daily. Having this in our businesses also. Having it where it will remind us daily. And ask ourselves every day, today am I going to be a muhajir? Am I going to associate myself with these great muhajirin? This is the lesson that was given to us by making the hijrah the starting point of the Islamic calendar. In any case, this month of Muharram itself is a very auspicious month. This is a month which is referred to in the Quran Sharif itself. Allah Ta'ala says that the cycle of months in the year, year 12, and out of these 12 months, minha arba'atun hurum. Four months are sacred. And the four months which are sacred, one of those four sacred months is the month of Muharram. Now this has reference in the Quran Sharif. That itself explains how great this month is. Then in this ayat Allah Ta'ala further says, ذَلِكَ الدِّينُ الْقَيِّمْ فَلَا تَظْلِمُوا فِيهِنَّ أَنفُسَكُمْ That look, these months are sacred. Zulqada, Zulhijjah, Muharram, and then Rajab. These are sacred months. Allah Ta'ala says, فَلَا تَظْلِمُوا فِيهِنَّ أَنفُسَكُمْ Don't oppress yourself in these months. Don't oppress yourself. Yes, when a person disobeys Allah Ta'ala, this is oppression of himself upon himself. Like in the case of shirk, Allah Ta'ala says, إِنَّ الشِّرْكَ لَغُلْمٌ عَظِيمٌ Shirk is the worst form of oppression that a person can commit. This is denial of Allah Ta'ala. Associating partners with Allah Ta'ala. Denial of the of the tawheed and the oneness of Allah Ta'ala. So that is a, the highest form of shirk. On a lesser level, every disobedience of Allah Ta'ala is also an oppression. That is the highest level of oppression. Allah Ta'ala is saying, don't oppress yourself in these months. Does it mean that once the four months, sacred months are gone, or it's not the month of Ramadan either, then do what you want? No. What it means is that, look, this is a special time. Throughout the year you should be conscious. But at least in this time, have some respect for the sanctity of the month. Have some respect for what Allah Ta'ala has given special virtue to. Allah Ta'ala says, those who respect and honor the symbols of Islam, this is actually a sign of the iman in the person's heart. So this is what is being meant here. In the Quran, Sharif Allah Ta'ala is saying, فَلَا تَوْلِمُوا فِيهِنَّ أَنفُسَكُمْ Don't oppress yourself in these months. That, well, it's Muharram, so what? Business as usual. Business as usual meaning, all the sins carry on. I was doing something, well, if it was, whatever was carrying on, carries on. No, this should become the stepping stone towards leaving it out forever. This should become the stepping stone and the time to become the true muhajir. That if there was some sin being committed before, that stopped now because of the sanctity of this month, 
and this becomes a time, this becomes a springboard for that now, for that movement forward, for that progress and leaving the sins behind forever. So this is something to bear in mind that this is a very sanctioned, very great month, auspicious month, great sanctity Allah has placed in it and we should be respecting the sanctity. As part of this great auspiciousness of this month, in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, person who fasts one day in the month of Muharram, any day, each day is equivalent to the fast of one month, 30 fasts. One fast is equivalent to 30 fasts. Now it's nothing, it's not compulsory, but this is the great virtue. Now we can imagine what great uh, benefits are there in this Mubarak month. Then comes specifically the 10th of Muharram. The 10th of Muharram is a day in the year which has great virtue. We understand all the various other dates of the calendar in terms of the Gregorian calendar. We have dates marked off. We have dates that we look forward to. We have dates that we have planned for well in advance. Certain dates are dates to make the best in terms of business. So we plan well in advance for it. There are dates that are on a social level and whatever else, all these dates are marked off. We have reminders on our phones. When it came to the 10th of Muharram, Abdullah bin Abbas says, I never saw Rasulullah more anxiously awaiting the fast of any day, which he gave preference to other days than the fast of Ashura, the 10th of Muharram. That eagerness, that enthusiasm, that zeal, what we have been taught is we should be very, very enthusiastic about the occasions of deen. Not that, well, something has come, fine, it has come and will pass. That eagerness we show for that December holiday which will stay still months away. We are already making bookings for it. And for what kind of destinations? Destinations which are steeped in all kind of sin. And a person is counting down towards that sinful holiday. And the occasions that will come to take us and link us to Allah wa ta'ala. Sometimes we don't even know it came and went. This is a total deviation from the way that Rasulullah has taught us. Our zeal should be for deen. Our enthusiasm should be for the occasions of deen. And Nabi Wasallam, the most, the greatest of all the creation of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, Ba'adas Khuda Muhtasar, after Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala is the rank of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he is eagerly looking forward to this Mubarak day. It's a nafil fast. Nabi Islam didn't look forward to any other day as much as this day. Though he fasted on numerous days in every month. So how much eagerness we should have? In the hadith it comes, the person who fasts on the 10th of Ashura, the 10th of Muharram, the day of Ashura, yukaffiru sanat al-madiyya, this will compensate for the minor sins of the past year. For us, this might not sound anything much, but on the day of Qiyamah, the person will understand what is the benefit of having one's sins wiped out and what is the reward of every good deed. One reward, what is the value of one reward will be understood on that day. So this is something we should try. In any case, time has already passed, but just to quickly recap or to just round up a few more points. One of the aspects that happened was, it was brought to the attention of Rasulullah that the Jews also fast on this day. He asked them why. They said, Musa and Bani Israel were saved from Fir'aun on this day. Nabi Islam said, we are closer to Musa than you. You have this lip service. 
You just claim to love him. You claim to follow him. He is closer to us. We will show that gratitude better. But he said to the Sahaba, you continue fasting. You're not fasting because of them. But break this outer resemblance. They are fasting. You don't fast in the manner that they fast one day only. Sumu yawman qablahu wa yawman ba'da. You fast one day before and one day after as well. You are now fasting two days. They are fasting one day. The outer resemblance also has broken. In numerous ahadiths, the way of the Jews and Christians, the command has come to oppose their way. Not to resemble them in any way. Not to resemble their way of life. Not to resemble how they conduct their functions. Not to resemble how they conduct their business. But to be distinct as Muslims. To have a distinct identity of a Muslim that a person can identify that Muslim from a mammalian and from a mile. In all his ways, and not just in his ways, in his thinking, in his heart and mind. That he thinks in the way that Allah wa ta'ala has commanded us in the Quran Sharif, in the way of life of Rasulullah He thinks deen first. He thinks first what is going to bring me closer to Allah and his Rasul So this is something to also try to fast on the two days, either the 9th and the 10th, which will be in our case, 10th of Muharram this year is on the Sunday. So tomorrow and Sunday or Sunday and Monday, in this way, we will be fulfilling what is mentioned in this Hadith Sharif. And this is a form of gratitude to Allah wa ta'ala as well. And then the last thing, just to finish off on this, in the Hadith, Nabi Islam says, the one who is generous upon his family, on the day of Ashura, Allah Ta'ala will shower his generosity upon him for the entire year. This generosity is simply that a person on the day of Ashura, he spends a bit more on his family in terms of their food, some other luxury items of food, etc. That what he normally would spend, he spends something better, spends something more. This is it, but there's no need to go out of one's way on extravagance and being very lavish. Within one's capacity, within one's means, he spent more on his family for the simple act of generosity on his family. Allah Ta'ala shows his generosity. But the lesson in this, that this generosity is not something to be confined for one day. This is a lesson of generosity being given to us as well. One is to take the virtue of this day, but then to live the life of generosity. To be generous on our own on our near and dear ones, and to be generous upon the creation of Allah Ta'ala. The unfortunate people, the, those who are in dire circumstances, whether in our own backyards, or whether far away in the world, the ummah is like one body. And if one part of the body pains, the whole body suffers. It is not possible to isolate that pain, that the eye can pain on its own, the rest of the body will enjoy itself. Any part of the ummah is suffering, that's our suffering. So while being generous upon our near and dear ones, we open our hearts out to the makhluk of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. May Allah ta'ala grant us the tawfiq and enable us to take the full benefit of these mubarak occasions.